This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Here's Speroni, who rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice-looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson! Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I am your host Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk and I am here with Sam Heskiff and Mike Scott to look forward to the visit of Newcastle to Sellers Park this weekend. This week we are talking the new yellow kit, Benteke missing from the team photo shoot, producer William losing it on social media and John Joe Shelby talking about living in another dimension. Newcastle fan Chris Thomas returns to the pod to talk about the general feeling around the tune at the moment, their start to the season, and what to expect on Saturday before we'll pour over whether IU took his chance, Milivojevic's continuing lack of form, and whether we have the tools to break down a team that is likely to sit deep under Rafa Benitez. Without further ado, Wayai Man. Love our podcast. Listen to our live radio show on Love Sport every Thursday, 7 till 9 p.m., 558 a.m., DAB Digital Radio, and online, lovesportradio.com. Right, yes, back at it for another week, but we've lost birthday boy Albert this week. Um, he is in the Czech Republic uh, recording Spider Man movies or something. So. Stepping in to deputise for him is Mike Scott. Thank you for joining, Mike. Oh, pleasure. My V-plates um, are gone for the preview podcast. It's beautiful. <laughs> and, of course, Heskiff. He, he wouldn't let us down. Or he would let us down, maybe. Obviously not. I just wanted to do a dramatic <laughs> pause. Um, just to let Mike know that you know he's got nothing to aim for. He's, he's working a very base level, replacing Albert. So he, you'll be fine, mate. That's good to me. That's good to me. I was worried there that you would um, stop listening and playing that Spider-Man game you've bought. <laughs> I can multitask, mate. I'm a very, I'm a very able man. <laughs> um, right, I'm a little bit worried about beer check this week, just mainly on the grounds of having heard Mike on the uh, podcast from the Huddersfield review. Are you sure you should be drinking beer, mate? 
Well, I mean, it was a long drive there and back, and Hambo <laughs> very kindly drove us in his lovely his lovely car, and he didn't. He said he didn't mind me getting drunk, so I duly obliged. Um, and you know, these days with Marks and Spencers in the on the in all the service stations selling whatever you want rather than their own brand of horrible homemade beer. Uh, I couldn't resist, so myself and Chris Clark had a few beverages, and as a result, I am barely intelligible on that podcast, so <laughs> I apologise profusely. But what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking my favourite tipple, Holston Pills, and I know that is a reflection of myself, but I'm proud <laughs> of it. <laughs> it's all those years living in Hastings, mate, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, Heskiff, what about yourself? Um, I'm drinking Birra Moretti today. I've gone a little bit continental. Uh, so it had nothing to do with them being on offer in Tesco. <laughs> right. I've got, I've thought ahead this week. I don't really plan much for this podcast. I tend to do it all last minute. Um, but this week, at the Huddersfield game on Saturday, we drank in the Magic Rock Brewery. So, um, I took my time to pick out some beers from there. So I'm drinking the, the Dancing Bear German Lager from the Magic Rock Brewery. So I just thought um, I'd enjoy some, because they loved having us up there so much, I thought I'd enjoy some Yorkshire hospitality <laughs> all the way down into Thursday. They took they took that defeat really badly, didn't they, Heskiff? Yeah, they. I mean, I've, they, were, they were raging. Everyone, you know, you look on Twitter and, and all the people that we heard walking out of the game, uh, you know, after the final whistle, and they were absolutely raging. We're the dirtiest team in the league, and Wilfs, Wilson, <laughs> a disgraceful cheat, and all the rest of it. But, yeah. you know, we all know the truth, don't we? Yeah, it's amazing when you get to see some replays back. Um, right, Chelsea played in the Europa League tonight, uh, just before we recorded. And a certain Ruben Loftus cheek, who we thought would probably be getting into that starting 11, especially for the Europa League. Um, and that was one of the reasons why he might have wanted to stay at Chelsea, sort of certainly getting some game time there and trying to force himself into their Premier League starting eleven through that. But uh, Mike, he's he sat on the bench for the whole time and not got any game time yet again. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's interesting because they only ended up winning one 0 and he put out a relatively strong squad. Um, but I still really I expected Loftus Cheek to be involved, um, and if he's not involved in that, I mean. Well, he's going to get the League Cup and nothing else, isn't he, really? I mean, the, the games are only going to get tougher for him. Um, so, yeah, he's he's going to have to rethink in January, I reckon. He's, he, he can't sit on the bench for the rest of the season again. Does he get in our team now, Heskia? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yes, we've got a, a stronger squad, more competitive squad than we had last year, but you know, towards the end of the season, we saw what an important player he was. And I think we've missed that midfielder, you know, marauding forward with the ball over the past few games. So certainly, if there's an opportunity to bring him in, yeah, I mean, we have to we have to do all we can, really, don't we? I mean, we, well, we do have one of those sitting on the bench as well already. <laughs> but... Yeah, well, well, we'll get into Max Meyer a bit later, because I assume that's who you're talking about. Um, but... Wilf marauded forward on the weekend down at Huddersfield and scored that wonderful goal, obviously. And he was doing it in a very new, lovely yellow kit, Heskiff. What was your thoughts on that? 
I think I'm one of the few dissenters about this yellow kit. You and, um, you and Billion, which we'll also get into later. Oh no, that what terrible company. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't hate it. It's fine, but when um, you know, I looked at my phone at halftime during the game, all of my all of my mates in in our little WhatsApp group were texting about what an amazing kit it was and the hearts rise emoji and all that. And I just, I think it's all right. <laughs> oh wow imagine my shock has gift that you just... i know i am whelmed i'm not overwhelmed i'm not underwhelmed i'm just whelmed <laughs> mike how did you feel about the way we released it just sort of you know five minutes before kickoff all the socials went out and that was it well i think that sums up what a terrible kit it is personally um i mean if, if you take if you take like in the little enclosure in huddersfield on saturday like half the people there were wearing the very classy black shirt from last season, which I was as well. You know, that that's one of my favourite ever away shirts. And to go back to yellow again, like I've, I've got a wardrobe full of yellow shirts that I don't really wear. And I mean, I'll probably pick it up when it goes down to 15 quid at the end of the season. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too impressed. And, and the, the, the sort of five minutes before this, the kickoff thing pretty much summed up the, the kit for me. That's oh, probably that. me being miserable, but... No, I thought it was probably more done as a marketing ploy to try and, you know, get people buying it, build the sort of excitement yeah, and of it, like being the first person to buy it while everybody's focused on Palace, you know, at that time because we're playing a game. And I think um, the result does well for the kit as well. I've, I don't know if that's just yeah. me. I've always thought that like, if you, as soon as you pick up a result in a kit, it becomes a little bit more <laughs> attractive. Yeah, that, that iconic picture of, of Wilf after he scored yeah. in the yellow kit is probably going to last for years, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Cup in his ears. It was a beautiful sight to behold. Um, staying on kits, that, uh, we were wearing them in the team photo shoot this week. Um, but there was a noticeable absentee, Heskiff. There was. You're bringing it back to me again, aren't you? We've had a week away from asking me about him. Well, no, I'm not. Um, I'm not specifically asking about him. I just Jack on Twitter wanted to know why do you why do you think he was missing? I did see. Um, uh, forgive me for not remembering who it was. And the BBS reckons that he was hiding behind a defender, <laughs> oh, um, which is, you know, a bit harsh. But um, I, I, I don't know because even if he's injured, all he's got to do is sit on a chair. So, I mean, make your own joke there, I suppose. But it was a bit weird that he's not there. Yeah. Mike, do you think he might have been off going to that famous Barcelona physio to get some injections to sort him out? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I miss my school photo. You know, these things happen. <laughs> he, might, he, he might have just had prior engagements that were more important. Um, yeah, yeah you, you know, you probably don't want to be in them things anyway, do you? Yeah. In my um, sixth home school photo, I was laying across the front like sort of i don't know like some 70s porn style trying to look sexy or something and um at the time i thought i was proper boss but when i look back i'm just like you twat what were you doing <laughs> <laughs> i think if you can get a, a picture of that and stick it up on the group chat that would be greatly appreciated <laughs> and when you say group chat we mean public twitter as well obviously yeah i, I am wearing a pair of blue adidas tracksuit bottoms with a black um, sort of turtleneck sweater and a black Adidas baseball cap with three stripes down the peak. Timeless, yeah, timeless, look. timeless look. Exactly, they're gonna have me on the <laughs> the walkways of all of Italy come the summer. Um, <laughs> PVA had a camera and was going a little bit nuts, Heskiff. Yeah, that was um, one of my favourite 
things from from social media this week, um, amongst others, which I'm sure we'll touch upon. But um, yeah, somehow PVA got a camera, and he was in the back row of the of the uh, photo photo shoot, and was doing some great Dutch rude boy commentary about big players and um, how Scott Dan was disrespected because they didn't put his name in the back of a shirt and all that. <laughs> Um, if if you haven't seen it, I'm sure most people have, but it's well worth well worth a watch. He's a well, I would say he's a he's a, you know really proper character, but I think he was getting on the nerves of half the team by the end of it. So <laughs> I don't know if they'll agree. Yeah, Will did, like... did you see that that tweet you put out? Um, and Zahar just replied and said, "What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Something about medicine." Yeah, so that's that's a Muhammad Ali quote. So um, that's what he was. That was the medicine reference. So some people missed it. Some people got it. Um, but yeah, that's what he was referencing there with right. with the right. photo showing his speed. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, but uh, Will certainly was very um, uh, pissed off with Van Arnholt just being like, "Is that your camera?" Like clearly very grumpy, and calling uh, Max Meyer a big player. I thought was a little bit um, of a backhanded insult. You know. I don't think Maya was one of the ones. I, I, I don't know if he knew how to take it. He, he sort of gave him a look and, and left it at that. So. Yes. Um, okay, we'll touch on your other social media thing. Um, well, anyone who follows our producer who's away this week, I'm actually doing the producing. Um, I'm, I think. I don't know. I'm hoping this is recording. But um, he'd already had three pints by sort of 9am on Saturday at Huddersfield and he went a little bit loopy on Twitter. He did. I mean, he was texting us uh, about half past 10 in the morning saying, I'm on point three. Where are you guys? <laughs> um, I think you were in the train station or train platform at Herne Hill. And I was in the back of a car, not that far out of London. Um, so he got, a, he got on it very early. <laughs> um, then sent us photos of just random Northerners that he was making friends with. Um, but I think it all came to a head after the game, which bearing in mind, we did win. As, as you know, <laughs> not great as a performance as it was, but you know, we everyone afterwards we were all saying, well, at least we won. But you wouldn't, I mean, Bill, I've got some of his tweets here. I mean, he he just he, he put miserable Dave to shame. <laughs> um, he was slagging off the the kit because he thought it was mustard, and he wanted to know when mustard became one of Palace's <laughs> colours. Um, that was a that was a tweet um, at the Palace official account. Um, <laughs> The one before that was also to the Palace account, just with the word grim. Um, and he did, I'll, I'll try and find it, but he, um, he once he got back, he did post a picture of someone waving a white flag and saying, um, I'm back from a game, don't drink, don't drink and tweet, my bad. Yeah. Um, so I think he, uh, by the end of it, and from the abuse that you and I gave him on, on, the, on the text, I think he realised... It was time to go to bed. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd, uh, I think I tweeted him after the game when I saw him just losing it. I was like, put your phone away. <laughs> and then he might have realised. Um, but yeah, it's. I'd like to, every time someone tweets abuse directly at the CPFC account, I always just imagine what Samuel Jordan's doing as he looks at it. <laughs> yeah, so um, good friend of ours, Sam. So we're, uh, he's he's definitely definitely the person you need to be messaging things like grim and mustard to so keep doing it <laughs> um my favorite bit of social media this week was um i discovered him researching for this podcast john joe shelby of newcastle united of course um said 
in an interview, I believe there's something out there, but not in space. When you die, I think you relive your life in a different dimension, in a different world, but I don't believe in aliens. Now, <laughs> Mike, do you think he's just bored of this interview and he's just taking the piss, or do you think this is something he truly believes? Well, it just makes me think, I wonder, he's probably not old enough, but do you reckon he was a Red Dwarf fan? And he watched, was it backwards, where they lived their entire life backwards afterwards, oh. after living it forwards? Maybe maybe he's just got involved in some terrible sci-fi and it's really got to him. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't think what else it would be. But it's all the more comical because you just think of John Joe Shelby. You just think of everything about him. <laughs> and you just think, that's probably come... It, he's not drunk, he's probably stone-cold sober. He's probably just sitting there, like, hand on his chin, stroke, stroking, his, stroking his stubble, thinking about this. Uh, yeah, what a man, what a man. I've got more respect for him after hearing about that. <laughs> well, they do say that being a footballer is a bit of a lonely job. Um, you've got a lot of time sitting around spending it on your own, and especially when you're injured as much as he is, being on the bench and so on. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, he's, probably, he's probably read some David Icke or something. He's going to start talking about lizards soon enough. But um... <laughs> I reckon he's probably read some Neville Southall tweets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. He's, he's, seen a, he's seen a niche in the market for when he... Um, when he eventually retires himself. Yeah. Look, we're going to end that there. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to a Newcastle fan and work colleague of mine, Chris Thomas. Back at the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Okay, we're now joined by our Newcastle fan for this week, Chris Thomas. And of course, if you remember from last season, work colleague of mine. Thanks for joining us again, Chris. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I haven't had a beer this time, so I'm not sure if I'm going to be more pessimistic or more optimistic. We'll see. <laughs> I could certainly see why you'd lead one way. But let's go back to the beginning of the season and the summer transfer business, or lack of it. Um, yep. uh, who did you bring in? Who's shone so far? So I think we, we, we brought in Salomon Rondon up front. I think we needed to bring in a striker. Um, but he's not seen much game time as of yet. And it was a straight swap for Dwight Gale. I think the quality is about the same. Um, we also sold Mitrovic, which, you know, Benitez clearly didn't like him, but um, it looks like we've sold a Premier League uh, level striker with the way that he started at Fulham. Um, but the, but the signing that I've been the most impressed with has been Federico Fernandez, who we brought in from Swansea. Uh, it was a fairly underwhelming signing when we brought him in at first, but he looked really at home in the team. Um, showing great leadership, certainly with with the absence of Lascelles in the first few games, um, and I've been impressed with him. But but yeah, overall the, the feeling is one of negativity, given that we've essentially made a profit again on on this transfer window, and and it's another year of of Mike Ashley investing nothing in the um, into the team. I mean, l- last year there was the excuse of we haven't had the TV money from the Premier League last year, and we've just come up and spent to get the team back up. Uh, it doesn't look like there's that this this excuse this year because we came tenth in the Premier League, so you know got the good share of the TV money, um, and and so yeah, it's, it has been un- underwhelming in terms of signings and and certainly in terms of the start of the season. Yes, it's hard. obviously without winning a game so far and only having one point on the board, it's very easy to say that it's been a poor start. But of course, you've already played Spurs, Chelsea, Man City, and Arsenal in um, four of those opening five games. And you've not really been overwhelmed in any of those. 
Yeah, we haven't. But but I mean, everyone knows the way that that Rafa Benitez sets up teams, um, and and gets a bit of stick for it as well. But but ultimately, it, you know, last season we came tenth because we we had a better goal difference than than Palace and someone else I can't remember. But we um, you know, it, it, we don't get turned over by teams. But it's been awful to watch so far, and, and you don't get excited about watching football like that. Um, and and you know, is it a good thing to get all those teams out of the way at the start of the season? Um, well, it, it puts you under some pressure because suddenly we're in the bottom three, and we've got to get a win at, at some point. I mean, you know, you, you look at this weekend, and it looks like the first game that we've that we can have a a, a real um, chance of going into um, because we've still got Man United away to play. I think straight after that, so. Um, you know, we'll probably look to what you guys did last season. How you know, losing your first six games and then then having a real turnaround and and second half of the ta- second half of the season being a, a top half of the table team. So that I mean, it's slightly different circumstances, but we've, we've got to make sure the heads don't go down. And and from what Rafa's saying, that that hasn't happened. But yeah, it's not great at the minute. Yeah, it's seven. It was seven games at the beginning. Of was the it season. seven? Yeah, don't you belittle our record. (laughs) That makes it all the more impressive that you got out of it, to be fair. Well, yeah, I mean, to finish 11th as we did, and as you say, not far on goal difference behind yourselves, it was quite the turnaround. Um, And I say it all the time, um, people are probably bored of me saying it. It's really hard to get relegated from the Premier League because we try really hard every year. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, so obviously you had the one game in there which was arguably winnable against Cardiff and that was a nil-nil draw um, talking about how Benitez sets up was it did he set up to try and win that game or was it much of the same um, I don't think we played well I thought I thought you know it, you're away from home and we always stayed in the game and we had a chance to win it right at the death with a, with a penalty um, which Kennedy missed he was the, the player in the second half of last season that seemed to give us a spark this season, it's it's not quite been the same. I don't I don't know what's going on there, and he and he didn't start the last game, so he's he's he, he needs to get get back. But you know, I think I think the way Rafa plays away from home is that he's never going out to look for a three nil win away from home. He's looking to stay in the game and hopefully catch a team on the counter attack. Um, and again, not necessarily always that attractive to watch. But last season, it got us it got us results, and um, you know, this weekend. There's no way that we're going to go creating, um, you know, having having an open game with lots of space, and because we'll get beaten if we do that. To be fair, with the pace you've got, but we, we will be probably um, looking to win it by a single goal if we do. Mm. But um, obviously, to keep a clean sheet and win by a single goal in that sort of sense, Lascelles is someone who you'd want in your back line. Is is he likely to be back? Because he's still doubtful from what I've seen. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's happened with him. There was a, a few weeks ago, there was a, a, a media report of a bust up with Benitez that he didn't want to play in a back three, um, or didn't want to play a back three. Sorry, and and then I think his, his wife's had a little in, since then, uh, and he's still he's still got a knock. So there's not there's nothing really coming out whether he's going to play or not. But um, it, I mean, we we need him because he is the sort of leader that that really makes a difference in a game like that. Um, so I hope so. And the other one who's been missing for most of the season is John Joe Shelby as well. Yeah. Um, a reluctant admirer from afar of Shelby. <laughs> I, thought, I really, really rate him. Um, has he got any chance of being back on Saturday? I, th- I think it's the same. I mean, he, he should be back. Um, I think he was he, he was back on the bench uh, against Arsenal, I think. Um, but it's whether it's whether he gets risked 
Um, but it wasn't it wasn't a big injury. I think it's one that I'm, I'm hoping hopefully that he'll start as well. Because again, without Shelby, there's no creativity, um, and and it's a problem for us if we don't have him. Okay, so we'll stop talking about the game now. And what I wanted to touch on was um, your journey to Sellers Park last season. If you uh, if you remember, oh no, <laughs> do you want to share that with the listeners? Well, <laughs> to, to be fair, I don't know how we got mixed up, but we, we got mixed up on two things. First of all, the kickoff time. I think for some reason we thought it was at quarter past one. Um, and then the, the, the second thing was that, that Paul that I was with had said, or maybe it was me because he's probably going to listen to this, um, <laughs> had said, oh, it's only 10 minutes from London Bridge. So we stood, we were stood playing on the quiz machine, having a few pints in London Bridge, and then and then had a look and saw the match was about to kick off and thought, shit, better. So we had, to, we had to leg it to the station, which we did, and then it wasn't for another 15, 20 minutes the next train. Got on the train with a couple of cans. By the time watching it on Sky Sports on Sky Go, <laughs> got to the ground, got to the wrong side, went round to the to the right side, and the turnstiles were shut. So we're like, "What are we going to do here?" So I had to hop over the turnstile to get in. Well, it was unmanned, so just jumped in, needn't have bothered having a ticket. So yeah, we we um we saw a one nil win for Palace actually because it was one nil to Newcastle at half time. So yeah, uh, disaster. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice to know that all that money we spend on security is um. Oh yeah, just just hopped in. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent stuff. Um, look, anyway, we'll finish up there. Thank you so much for joining, and um, I'd love to wish you luck, but obviously I'm not. No, you do never. That. Do, you never asked me my prediction, did you? Oh, go on then. What What are you thinking? <laughs> well, I'm not hopeful. I told you at work that I I think it's going to be a one nil win to Palace, but I, I'm hoping we can. Either draw nil nil or get a one all draw. I can't predict us winning at the weekend as much as we need it. Yeah, well, it might um, brighten your mood for me to say that we wasn't great against Huddersfield. I know we got the win, um, but if Huddersfield had their finishing boots on, we would have certainly lost that game. So we're certainly not in the best form ourselves. And I think it's an important game for both teams for, for us to basically build on the start that we've had and the momentum from Huddersfield, but obviously for you guys to get going as well. So big game early on in the season, I think, for both of us. Yeah. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate, thanks again. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Cool, no worries, mate. Love our podcast. Listen to our live radio show on Love Sport every Thursday, 7 till 9 p.m., 5, 5, 8 a.m., DAB Digital Radio and online, lovesportradio.com. Right, thanks to Chris there for joining, as always. Um, right, this week we're going to start with, I don't know how much how true this is how substantiated it is but 
my knowledge is that Christian Benteke is out for up to six weeks, which would sort of put him around into the end of October and several games. Obviously, on the weekend at Huddersfield, we switched to a 4-3-3 and it was Jordan Ayew who slotted in for Benteke in that centre-forward role. But obviously, this is going to give an opportunity for both Ayew or Sorlot to um, stamp their claim. And I don't think there's any doubt now, and Hodgins sort of hinted towards it, that Benteke, injured or not, would have probably lost his place. But Hesky, if we'll start with you in at Huddersfield on the weekend, how did you think that Jordan Ayew performed? Yeah, I thought he did all right, actually. Um, first half, I think he found it a bit difficult. Didn't really see much of the ball. Certainly a willing runner. And, you know, he'd be, be sort of decent amount of energy, but didn't have, didn't, you know, the ball didn't really get anywhere near him for the most part. But I thought the second half, he, he looked all right. He held the ball up well a couple of times and, again, made a nuisance of himself. Um, a bit like a sort of Fraser Campbell type where, you know, he, he, he's just got bags of energy. And I was sort of, you know, hoping it wouldn't be the case that he would sort of, you know, get a bit lazy or, you know, not, not chase balls down because some Swansea fans had levelled that his way. But I don't think that's the case. You know, to, even towards the end, he was obviously knackered, um, but he was still, you know, closing defenders down a bit and running at the keeper. So I think he did all right. Um, he had that one sort of air shot, mm. which then fell to Wilf, who hammered it over the bar. Yes. Um, so, yeah, he didn't really have much in the way of, you know, chances and opportunities at goal. Mm. And you'd like to think, you know, if he does get a decent run in the team, that that will, that will, you know, his chances would increase. But, you know, yeah, it wasn't a great performance, like I said, from the team overall. But I thought he did, I thought he did all right. Yeah. I think he probably did more than Serlot would have if he'd have been <laughs> in the team. I think the standout part for me of sort of demonstrated the effort and the tireless running of IU was just on the stroke of half time when um, we were under a bit of pressure from Huddersfield and we tried to play it out from the back and it ended up with Wayne Hennessy sort of fluffing his lines a little bit straight down the middle of the park um, but IU didn't stand and watch it all happen he sprinted back 25 yards to try and get level with the Huddersfield player who was trying to pick up the ball and then sprinted with him for another 30 yards to push him out wide and eventually force it out for a throw like, as much as I don't want to like lay into Benteke, I try and lay, stay away from that. Um, I can't help but think that he would have just been standing watching it all happen in the centre circle instead of Ayu, you know, 45 minutes into his first um, or second start as it is to, you know, really put in the effort and the yards to do it for the team. Um, how did you feel about his performance, Mike, now that you've sobered up? Well, I was about to say we had a a pretty drunken conversation on the uh, review podcast between myself and Chris Clark. Um, and he was of the opinion that if Benteke had played, it would have been very similar. But like you say, I just saw IU chasing balls that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. I, I mean, I don't think any of his lack of um, impact on the game came directly from him. Um, I think it was much more the midfield, um, and I was I was very impressed. And I'd be I'd be fairly surprised if Hodgson changes it over to Sorlot on Saturday. I mean, he, he's not one for big changes anyway. Um, you know, we're trying to get Max Meyer in the side. I I I think he'll give IU another go and deservedly because I thought he played he played great. Mm. Yeah, I 
you feel with Hodgson because he is a, still a bit old school in some senses that he doesn't really want to change a winning side. I think no. he'll have that sort of mentality. So I would be very surprised to see a change unless it's a forced change on the weekend. Mm. And you're right. I think um, I, I uh, Hodgson called him excellent after the game. Certainly did his chances the world of good in that game and um, sort of subtly impressed a lot of people. So um yeah, yeah. No evidence of what Swansea fans were saying about him not putting in the yards, but maybe it's just because it's all fresh and new at Palace, and he wants to impress, and he wants to get the move made permanent, and so on. You never know. We've certainly seen players playing for contracts before in the past, and then um, dropping off of a cliff as soon as they've got their contract. Any spring to mind like that for you, Haskiff? Ooh, Marco Reich. <laughs> That's exactly what came to me. He went from world class right winger to Sunday League useless right winger who can't even get in at right back anymore. I d I don't know what happened to him. Um someone else who's fallen off a little bit is Luka Milivojevic. Now of of course there can be a host of reasons why this has happened. Obviously he was at the World Cup in the summer and um it would appear that a lot sort of went wrong off the field there for Serbia and um, he's kind of been hung out to dry by the national team and that's obviously upset him. Um, did you think there was any signs, Mike, of improvement from him in the Huddersfield game? Uh, not not especially. I mean, there was some seriously bad misplaced passes, which he was guilty of at times last season. Um, I really can't see from the little bit you know, you can get from his personality when he does interviews and stuff that um, the Serbia thing is going to bother him to the extent that he would be playing much less well on the pitch. I, I'm I'm convinced it's much more um, the current setup of the midfield and and how he's having to cope. I, I really can't think that it's his mental. Um, his mental capabilities that have, have given him this kind of sudden drop. Um, I'm sure Kabai has made a difference. Um, and I, d I don't think necessarily that it's going to be something long-term. I, I, I can't see him carrying on like this for the rest of the season. I, I reckon if he if he just has, Hodgson has a little play, maybe <clears throat> just keeps fiddling with the midfield until he finds the best four, I, I'm sure Luke will be back to back to his old self. I don't think it's got anything to do with the national team. Interesting. I thought um, one thing that I was happy, a lot more happy with about Milivojevic's um, performance was that he definitely put himself about a bit more. If, you know, yeah. what he was lacking for in his uh, passing, he was definitely, you know, not letting Huddersfield bully us and um, was protecting Wilf a bit more, you know, over there talking to the referee when Wilf was getting fouled, which, is one as a captain as one sort of level of criticism I could give to him is that I don't think he gets involved enough with when Zaha's getting fouled, and we don't surround the referee enough either and things like that. So, um, in a weird way, I was happy to see us surround the referee when Zaha got fouled on the weekend because you know all other teams do it, and I think it certainly sways decisions at points by referees. So. Um, of course, you you mentioned there about Kabaya perhaps was bringing the best out of Milivojevic and obviously they built up a good partnership in the middle of the park. Um, Heskiff, do you think the way that we could see a similar sort of partnership rekindled is if we get Max Meyer into the team somehow next to him in the middle? Yeah, I think that's, 
think that's a solution we're all wanting to see. Um, you know, Kabai, he was underrated by quite a, quite a few people, uh, in my great. opinion. And I think um, a lot, when he left, you know, people were like, oh, it's a shame, but he didn't really do it for us or he didn't score enough goals. But then, you know, my, my issue is that, you know, the, the amount of energy he put into the game, carrying the ball, breaking the play up, getting it going again, I just thought it would be very tough to have someone come in straight away and pick up that role. Mm. Now, we don't know yet because we haven't really seen him enough, but I think Max Meyer is capable of doing it. Um, we won't know until he gets a run in the team or, you know, gets a start in the league even. Um but I think if it, yeah, we do need someone who's very confident on the ball, um, who can both break it up and get the ball going forward, you know, in one motion really. And I, I think Max Meyer's capable of doing that from, you know, knowing that he played as a sort of midfielder further up the pitch and then he converted to a defensive midfielder and he can sort of do a bit of everything. You would think that having that sort of energy and that confidence and ability next to Luca would maybe hopefully replicate what what he had with Johan last year. Mm. Um so I mean it's it's something I'd like to see. We've talked about it a few times on you know on the on the past few pods where we we want Meyer in the team and when he's made little his little cameos he's looked very good. So, you know, I I would love to see him get a go. Um it's tough because I think it'll probably be at the expense of MacArthur mm. who I'm a big fan of and obviously we're all delighted he signed his contract extension but you know for the for the good of the team like Mike said I think Roy needs to just fiddle about with it a bit and see what his best combination is um whether that's with Meyer instead of Jimmy who knows um but I'd, I'd certainly like to see him get a, get a go sooner rather than later yeah well everyone um talks about him you know uh, in in that stupid video from Patrick Van Arnholt uh he was talking about Meyer being a great player Martin Kelly on um, the official Palace podcast when I think he was talking to Premier League Productions was talking about getting Max Meyer in your fantasy team because when he gets in the team he's going to get assists what we've seen of him in his cameos he's certainly tenacious in the tackle and puts himself about as well so and he's always looking forward so I definitely think that um, we'd benefit from having him there as I just think we we're ticking the ball over a bit too slowly at points. And I, I feel like from what I've seen of him, he will certainly speed that up a little bit. Um, but then, of course, you've got Kiata on the other hand, who I thought put in an excellent performance against Huddersfield. And his physicality in the middle of the park is certainly something that's going to benefit us through the season. Um, but we talk about Hodgson not wanting to change the starting eleven, But then, you know, we're coming up against a team on Saturday in Newcastle who are probably going to sit pretty deep against us. Um, do you think it's fair, Chris, that we're always, uh, sorry, Mike, Chris, Mike, <laughs> Mike, that we're um, always having to rely on Zaha to be the one to break teams open and perhaps, you know, getting someone like Meyer on the field would have someone else a little bit extra to unlock them? I can't think of anyone who looks less like Chris than myself, so thanks for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was going to say I can see um, Meyer taking more of a, a loftus cheek role and I can see Kiwate taking more of what Kabai's role last season was. Um, so if he does want to give something different a go going forward, um, I can see him having a go with with Meyer. But um, you know, if he's worried 
if he's worried about the, the, the two banks of four and stuff, um, I think gelling Kuate together with Luca is, is will probably be his, his key motivation for um for the game. Um but I'm not sure he's gonna be too worried about Newcastle in their current state really. Um you know, they've, they've not exactly got off to a, a flyer, have they? Yeah, I mean, they've had very difficult games, as I was talking about with Chris further up. They've played Chelsea, Man City, Spurs and Arsenal, um, but then obviously drew 0-0 with Cardiff, albeit missing a last-minute penalty. Yeah. So, um, uh, And they've only lost in narrow defeats in those games, so I, do, I think it's certainly going to be a tough game. They're going to be a tough co- um, cookie to crack, but um, hopefully with the superstar that we have in Wilfred Zaha, we then will be able to unlock that Newcastle defence and Make it back-to-back wins. Um, We'll see how all of you feel about how Saturday's going to go when we come back after this short break with predictions. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Okay, so last week, both of you guys predicted 1-1. Heskiff, on the show, you said that we were going to draw 1-1 but score a screamer. So you you got it slightly, right? I don't think I get any points for that, do I? No I got, points for screen. I mean, I, I got the player wrong as well. I said it would be Kiate. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a goal it was, by the way. Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, you guys talked about it on the uh, review pod, obviously. It was just um, a lot of people saying it's the best goal scored in the Premier League this season so far. And it's kind of an understatement. It's a goal that has everything, you know, the running, the skill to beat the players, the nutmeg. And the finish is just outrageous. Like to bend it around a player with zero backlift, get enough curl on it, but also with a massive whip of pace, it's um it's certainly extremely impressive. And that is the sort of goal that's gonna if he can sort of repeat that sort of goal a few times this season, that's the strike that's gonna get you noticed by the very, very big boys, I reckon. So um Maybe not too much of them. And congratulations to the eighty eight percent of you who all voted terrific last week in suggesting that we'd win in the poll um slightly better than the four percent who got the southampton loss right um, this week the poll um <laughs> i'm gonna have to say two of these in a geordie accent um <laughs> for the win <laughs> it was how are you man as in how are you man but are you how are you i, I didn't get that until <laughs> when you, now um when you've got when you've got to explain it mate yeah, no. it looks better written down, but I, apparently well, I'm, not. I've got to disagree with yeah, it. Like, I didn't get it. Okay, when you say it, it makes sense. <laughs> well, sixty percent have gone for how are you, man. Twenty-five <laughs> percent uh, have gone for a draw, and fifteen um, percent have gone for had a way win, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I quite appreciated that. I've got to say. I, I thought that was one of the better ones for this season, if not the okay. I'm awful at this. Um, I, I will try and get better, I promise. Um, as for listeners this week, uh, Davey Mansfield has gone for a 1-0 loss to an easily avoidable Shelby goal. Jack's EPFC has gone for a tough 2-1 win. Uh, Pumba, 3-1 Palace. MacArthur, Luca and Townsend. BK, 1-0. Jimmy Mack. Jamie Russell won't make a substitution until the 80th minute. When we're two 0 down, wow, that's um, <laughs> nice, nice and positive there. Joe Farrell two 0 Zaha and Tompkins. I'm from the future, don't you know? So there you go. Uh, Norman Brody two one 
Rondon gets a goal midway through the first half and then Zaha and Tompkins dash the Geordie's hopes. As for the back of the nest parish, we've got Albert Curley, Alex Penge, uh, Nick Gillard and Tim Warren have all gone for wins. And then Simon Pizzi, <laughs> Patrick O'Connor and Ed Kellaway are gone for draws. So, Mike, it's over to you. What's, are you going to add three points to your tally this year? I think it really depends on whether Jamal Lassell was playing. Um, I was, I'm a religious listener of the Football Ramble and um, Pete Donaldson, we went up there, watched them last week against Arsenal and he said they were the better side in the first half really should have been ahead and then he went off with an injury and they just fell to pieces so if he is out um, I think we're going to be all right Um, if not I just feel like Newcastle were a bogey team a jinx team and uh, I know they've got I was reading they've got massive issues with Andre Mariner saying that they never win a game with, with him refereeing but I don't feel like Palace do either. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go for a win because I reckon he's not playing. So, I think I went for 2-1. Um, you um, went for 1-0, according oh, to this. Right. Yeah, I think I went for 1-0. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and I would like to see Kuwate score. Well, um I haven't listened to the Football Ramble much recently, not all this season actually, but one of my favourite episodes of it ever was um, post when we beat them 5-1 at Sellers Park and Pete Donaldson was certainly the most saltiest person I've ever heard (laughs) talking about how he was, uh, we should be deducted the three points for having goal music. (laughs) The the highlights from that game have just been put back up on Palace TV, so well worth reminding yourself. Yeah, except from that fifth goal in the 93rd minute, um, up until that point, my wife had been to four games and every game had finished 4-1. So we thought, come on, this is a sign, let's put money on it. And at 50-1, to we put 4-1 and James MacArthur ruined it with the last kick of the game. (laughs) Stole away £100 from under our noses. So, um, Heskiff, you're waiting in the wings there. You've gone 1-1 the last two weeks, so... I feel like another 1-1 one, one coming on. Hat-trick, mate. I forgot that Rondon played for them and I think he's going to score because I think he's all right. But I also think we're going to score, so one all. <laughs> so any um, player that's all right uh, on the opposition is going to score, is going to score a goal against uh, Yeah, at least okay. one. At least one player, not at least one goal. Otherwise, I'd be predicting 10-0 every week. Right. Which is probably what I'm saying during the game, to be fair. But um, I think Wilf will score because I keep predicting random players and they never do it, and it's only Wilf. So I reckon Wilf will score. Okay, well, I've gone for, I was toying between 2 0 and 1 0, but I've fallen on the side of 1 0. Um, although this is not doing very good for my outrageous prediction at the beginning of the season of plus goal difference and scoring plus four goals on several occasions. Um, but yeah, 1-0, I'm going to go for, can I look past Wilf? It's going to be Wilf who scores. Although I would love to see Ayu get up and running, but I'm going to go 1-0. Uh, 
and a Wilf goal. Um, right, that's it for predictions. We will be back after this short message. Love our podcast. Listen to our live radio show on Love Sport every Thursday, 7 till 9 p.m., 5, 5, 8 a.m., DAB Digital Radio and online, lovesportradio.com. <laughs> Okay, that's it for this week. Um, what have we got going on? So Hambo and Tim are at Love Sport tonight. So that will be in your inboxes tomorrow to listen to. Um, and the review show this week currently stand as Hambo, DR, Nick Gillard and Simon Pizzi. Right, um, Mike, thank you for joining us and um, making, making your preview podcast bow. Um and congratulations on the podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed your wasted nature. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and Heskiff, you can now finally depart this call and go and get some Spider-Man on the PS4 underway. Okay, bye. <laughs> your wife is going to leave you. Right. Um, <laughs> thanks to everyone for listening and uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, have a good TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.